As, as I kick off the series today, The Bible on Trial, I just want to begin by saying a huge thank you, uh, first of all, to Pastor Chris Hodges. I'll, I'll see him tomorrow as we go to our annual ARC board uh, meeting. Uh, I sit on the board of Association of Related Churches with Pastor Chris and see him at the board meeting tomorrow. But, but I want to just say thank you to Pastor Chris. A lot of the content for these messages came from Pastor Chris. I also want to just thank Pastor Rick Warren, uh, Lee Strobel. If you haven't seen the movie The Case for Christ, powerful movie that you need to see. I want to thank Lee Strobel and also Josh McDowell. I gathered a lot of insight and thoughts for, for this series from these men of God and wanted to publicly thank them. In all of our campuses, I realize that there are a lot of different views and perspectives when it comes to the Bible. Some of you believe that the Bible is God's Word. I, I fall into that camp. You would say that the Bible is the inerrant and, and infallible Word of God. And then some of you would say, well, I believe the Bible is a good book and has some good truths and lessons in it. But you would say, man, I don't believe it's, it's the Word of God. I don't believe it's, the, it's, it's, it's God's Word. And then some of you would say, you know, I, I believe the Bible is a good history book. It, it, it's, a, it's a historical document but you would say, I don't believe it's, it's God's Word. And then some of you would say, I'm just unsure. I'm, I'm undecided on what I believe about the Bible. And, and then there, there would be another group that would say, I'm just skeptical of the Bible. You're just, you're just here and you're like, I'm just skeptical of the Bible and its teachings. And I mean, you, you're thinking to yourself, come on, man. They parted the Red Sea and walked through on dry ground. Huh? A man got swallowed by a fish and lived? Huh? And you're just skeptical of the Bible. And here's what I want you to know. Wherever you find yourself today, it's okay. I'm glad you're here. I am so glad you're here to go on this journey with us. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Personally, throughout my life, I have found myself in some of these categories. There was a time in my life where I didn't believe the Bible was God's Word. I didn't believe it was God's Word. I didn't, I didn't follow it. I wasn't following God. I, I, I didn't believe it was God's Word. I've been there before. And, and then, and then there, there's been a, a time in my life when I was just skeptical of the Bible. I just had a lot of questions, and I was just skeptical of, of the Bible and God. And, and then I find myself now that I, I believe the Bible is God's Word. And honestly, I still have questions. I don't have all the answers. I'm not here to tell you I have all the answers. I do not have all the answers. There, there are some things I don't understand about the Bible. I, I don't even understand about God. There's just some things I don't understand. And yet, here's what I know. As we dive into this series, God is going to answer a lot of our questions about the Bible. Because here, here's what I want to do over the next four weeks. Over the next four weeks as I'm preaching, I want us to put the Bible on trial, and I want to answer some difficult questions about the Bible that so many people have. And here's my end goal. I do have an end goal. At the end of this series, here's what I want us to do. As you commit just to be here and, and go on this journey, I want us, number one, to learn more about the Bible. No matter where you are in, the, in your spiritual journey, I want you to learn more about the Bible through this series. Number two, here's my goal, is I want you to begin to love the Bible. Now, that's my goal, 
is I want you to fall in love with the Bible throughout this series. If you already love the Bible, I want you to fall more in love with the Bible. And then my third goal is I want you to begin to live the Bible or live the Bible more. If you are living it, that you'll live it more or you begin to live the Bible. I want you to learn more about the Bible, to love the Bible, and to live the Bible. That's my goal. And before I dive into, the, to, into today's message, let, let me highlight next week's message. It's really critical. It's a pivotal message that I believe you're going to want to invite a lot of people to hear. And perhaps you're even here today and, and you're asking these questions. You're wondering today, why do people believe the Bible is God's Word? You're asking yourself, why do people trust the Bible? You're thinking to yourself, is the Bible accurate? And if so, why? You're thinking to yourself, does the Bible line up with science? If so, prove it. I would just say, don't miss next week. We're going to begin to tackle some of these questions next week. And here's what you're going to really discover. You're going to really find out that Christians are not operating on blind faith. We're really not. It's going to be really, really interesting next week as we dive into the message. But here's what I want to do today. Today I want to help people who have said, I've read the Bible, I've read it, I've looked at it in the past, and I didn't get anything out of it. I'm here today and I'm wondering, what's the big deal about the Bible? Why is it the best-selling book in history of all time? What is all the uproar about this Bible? I don't see the big deal about the Bible. It seems to be a pretty ordinary book to me. It seems to be pretty boring, if I'm honest. What's the big deal? And I want to answer that question today. And let me tell you one of the big deals about the Bible. The book is alive. I've titled the message today, the book is alive. Let, let's begin today in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. It says this, for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the faults and attitudes of the heart. In other words, the Bible will get in you and mess you up. Man, it, it, it'll mess with you. So some say the Bible isn't rele- relevant. So some would say it's just, a, it's just a historical book. It's just a historical record. And I want you to know the Bible is so much more than a historical book and a historical record. The book is actually alive. It's active. If you allow it to, the Bible will do surgery in you and on you. I mean, it has done surgery in my life on many occasions. And if you're here and you think the Bible is just, is just complicated and you just think the Bible is mundane, not relevant, outdated, I mean, outdated, not, not relevant for today, it's just a boring book. Man, here's what I want to do today. I want to show you how the Bible can come alive in your life. That's my goal. I want to show you, I'm telling you, the Bible is alive and active, and I want it to come alive in your life, and I want to show you how the Bible can come alive in your life. Number one is this. Faith activates the Word. Come on, everybody say, everybody say, faith. That's so key. You have to understand this. Faith is so critical. Faith activates the Word. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2 says this, for we also 
have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. They heard the message, they heard the gospel, but it had no value to them. Why, the Bible says? Because they didn't have faith. The Bible will not come alive in your life if you don't mix what you read and mix what you hear with faith. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe. It's imperative. It's not optional. If you come to God, when you come to God's Word, you must believe that He exists. Have faith that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Faith pleases God. Faith activates the Word. It takes the natural and and makes it supernatural. And you need to have faith when you approach God's Word. you got to have faith that God's going to do something powerful in your life when you hear the Word, when you you read the Word. And some of you, you say, I've never got anything out of the Bible. I don't get anything out of sermons. And I would say, you know what happens is you're not coming with this heart and attitude of faith and expectation for God to work in your life. If you want the Bible to come alive, faith activates the Word. Number two is this, revelation activates faith. Revelation activates faith. For, 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 for the Bible to come alive, you got to have faith, and, and you need to have revelation so that your faith can be activated. And here's, what, here's what I'm saying. When, when, when you get the Bible, sometimes you can read it, and you're like, I'm not getting anything out of this. But when you approach it with faith, you know what ha- begins to happen? You have revelation begins to take place. I call it an aha moment. You're like, ah, I never saw that before. Ah. That's what that means. Ah, that's, that's speaking to me. And, and you start reading the Bible through the eyes of faith, and, and revel, revelation begins to happen, and, and, and the Bible begins to come alive to you. It begins to speak to you. It begins to change you. You're having this aha moment. There, there are two Greek words for the word word, two Greek words in the New Testament for the word word. The first Greek word for word is, is logos in the Greek, logos. And what it means is the written or spoken word. You see, the Bible is the logos. When you read the Bible, you're reading the the logos. When you hear me read Scripture to you today, you're you're hearing the logos. And and without the Bible, we would have to speculate. We would have to wonder what, what, what God is like and how He operates. I'm so grateful for, for the Bible that we don't have to guess what God is like. We don't have to guess how He operates. We, we read the Bible and find out what God is like. You see, through the Logos, we, we learn about God. We learn His ways. But we don't have to stop with just knowing God. Friends, can I tell you, we can experience God for ourselves. He can be a personal God to us. God can speak to us. God wants to speak to us. That leads me to the second Greek word for the word word, and it's rhema. Rhema, which means revealed. And, and, and it simply refers to the instant personal speaking of God to us. People search 
Our God is a speaking God. He is not a silent God. He didn't just speak 2,000 years ago, but he still speaks to us today. He wants to communicate with you today through the written word, the logos, and through his, through his spirit. He wants to speak to you. God, God wants to speak. And friends, when God speaks to you through his word or through his spirit, it's called a rhema word. A rhema word. When I was on break, I, I really had a, a struggle for two or three weeks, I was, I just felt heavy and oppressed. I was under attack, just oppressed and heavy. And, and, and sometimes I, I think you don't realize how tired you are until you, you disconnect and take a break. And you didn't realize how tired I was, you know, when you get ready to take a break, you know how it is when you're going on vacation, you know, the week or two before you're working really hard and, and preparing everything. So when you're gone, things will run smoothly. And and I just kind of took a break and tired, and I didn't feel like reading the Bible. I didn't feel like praying. I just, I didn't feel like it. Anybody ever been there before? You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to pray, you know? Somebody's like, yeah, that's every day, Pastor. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I hear I'm so glad you're here, though. I'm so glad you're here. And, and I didn't feel like reading my Bible and praying, but you know what I did? I just pressed through and kept reading. I just would get up every morning and read my Bible and pray. Didn't feel like I could just read my Bible and pray. And I was reading Galatians chapter 5. I just kept reading Galatians chapter 5. That first verse says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But I began to read that. Can I tell you what happened? As I was reading that over and over, man, it just became alive to me. It began to speak to my soul. It began to, to, it was like a double-edged sword. It was doing surgery on me. And I began just, man, the heaviness began to lift. I just began to read. I'm, it's for freedom God set me free. He didn't set me free to be oppressed or, or depressed or, or tired. He set me free to, for freedom. And I was just reading it over and over. And it became a, it was a personal word. From, the word of God jumped off the page and was speaking into my heart and into my life. It was a rhema word. And that's what you need. You need the Word of God to come alive to you. You say, Pastor, how do I experience revelation? Let me tell you how you experience revelation. Number three is this. Meditation activates revelation. Faith activates the Word. Revelation activates faith. Meditation activates revelation. And revelation may not happen the first time you read the Bible. You have to spend time meditating on God's Word. you got to read it, chew on it, talk about it, process it. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate. Come on, all of our locations. Everybody say, meditate. Such a, such a critical word if you want the Bible to come alive to you. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. How many of you want to be prosperous and successful? Come on. All right, half of you. That's all right. That's all right. Well, I'm going to do another series later on. All right, I'll do another series. If you want to be prosperous and successful, you have to meditate on God's Word. In the Hebrew, in the Old Testament written in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, that word meditate is like the word ruminate. Ruminate. Many of you know I grew up in, we woke up, Oklahoma, and 
when I grew up there, my dad owned a lot of cows. At some times, at some points growing up, we had over 100 head of cow. And cows, and those cows, you know, we would go out and take care of. I remember castrating calves and building fences and corralling cows and getting them to go on the trailer. And, and man, the worst thing about cows for me was, was hauling hay in the summer. I never forget hauling hay and getting them square bells and throwing them on the truck and stacking it high and then driving the truck to the barn and, and then taking them square bells and putting them off and throwing them in the barn and stacking them and then going back to get another load. And there'd be some mornings dad would wake me up to go haul hay. I'd play sick. I'm sick. I'm sick, daddy. I'm sick. I can't get out of bed. I'm sick. Because I was tired of hauling hay. And I remember one day hauling hay. I didn't like it. I was frustrated hauling hay. And my daddy said, boy, if you don't want to do this the rest of your life, you better get the education. I decided I'm going to college that day. I'm going to college. I am not doing this. And I can tell you now today, I got soft hands. Praise the Lord. Preaching hands. <laughs> These are hauling hay hands. These are preaching hands. <laughs> Man, I did not want to haul hay the rest of my life. And, 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 and the hay was for the winter time. Because in the spring and the summer, there would be grass that was grown in the pastures, and the cows would graze in the pasture and, and eat the grass. And how many of you have ever seen a cow eat grass? Anybody? It's, re- it's really fascinating. If you just watch a cow eat grass, just watch them. It's just like, <laughs> they just take their time. They're not in a rush. They're <laughs> chewing on it. Then they swallow it. Then they throw it back up. <laughs> Chew on it some more. Get all that nutrients out the grass. They swallow it again. They throw it up. Say, Pastor, you're nasty. No, I'm I'm educating you how cows eat. That's what I'm doing. Swallow it. Throw it up again. And they chew that grass more because they're going to get all the nutrients out of it. Friends, that cow is ruminating on that grass, meditating on that. And that, really, really, that word meditate in the Hebrew is like that word ruminate. I mean, that's that word ruminate. It, it's, it's meditate. It's, it's chew on it. It's, it's get everything out of it. Spend time on it. And that's what I was doing, man. And when I was on break and I was just struggling, I just kept reading Galatians 5. Oh, I was just meditating on it. I, I just kept reading it over and over. Every morning I was just spending time on it. It was speaking to me as I was meditating. Revelation was happening. God was speaking to my soul. I wasn't flying through it. I I was just spending time meditating on the Word of God, and it was doing surgery in my life. And the Bible says, listen, if you want to be prosperous, you want to be successful, meditate day and night on the Word of God. This is so critical, meditation. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you three keys to effective meditation. I want the Bible to come alive in your life. Three keys to effective meditation. Number one is this. Accept the authority of the Word. Yeah, you have to accept the authority of the Word. This is all about your attitude towards the Bible. You see, if you read the Bible, you hear messages preached about the Bible, 
but you don't accept the Bible as God's Word, the Bible won't come alive to you. I really want you to catch this. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, I really want you to just grasp this. There is power when you accept the Bible as God's Word. There really is power. And at People's Church, we believe in a closed canon, a closed canon. You say, Pastor, what do you mean a closed canon? That means we believe that nothing should be added to or taken away from the Bible. We accept the authority of God's Word. Let me show you the power in accepting God's Word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 says this, And we also thank God continually because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. You accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the Word of God. And here's my hope. No, no matter where you are in, in, in this journey, my hope is that each of you will come to a place in your life that you begin to accept the Bible as God's Word. Here's what I believe. I believe throughout this series, as you learn more about the Bible and we talk about how it connects with science and as we dive into those things, I believe you're going to begin to understand the Bible and that it is God's Word. Here's what it goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, but as it actually is the Word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. You see, when you accept, accept it as God's Word, here's what it says. It begins to work in you. The Bible is alive. It begins to do surgery in you. It will change you. Effective meditation begins with accepting the Word of God. You say, Pastor, but I can't accept it. I, I don't understand everything about it. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't accept something I don't understand. I can't accept it. I don't even understand all of it. And friends, you don't have to understand everything about the Bible to accept it. You don't. You don't understand everything about indigestion, but you eat. Come on, somebody. You eat a lot. You don't understand how indigestion works. You don't understand everything about the IRS system, but you pay your taxes. Oh, you better be paying your taxes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You don't understand everything about credit cards. I don't understand how you can be anywhere around the world, pull out that little plastic, swipe it no matter where you are, and how all the transactions, how it works, and knows that you. I don't understand it all, but come on, we don't understand it, but you still swipe. You understand it, but you swipe. And friends, when it comes to the Bible, you're not going to understand everything about the Bible. Matter of fact, I would never understand everything about the Bible because we're not God. We're not God. I don't understand everything about God. Matter of fact, I don't want to understand everything about God because if I understand everything about God, that means I'm God. I don't understand everything about God. He's God. He's, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher. I can't understand everything about God. He's God. But you don't have to understand everything about God to accept the Bible and understand everything about the Bible to accept the Bible as God's Word. There's power when you accept it as His Word. Number two is this. A second key to meditation is assimilate the truth of the Word. Assimilate the truth of the Word. Effective meditation includes assimilating the Word into every area of your life. I mean, that means your family, your, your marriage, dating, parenting, work, finances, friendships. 
you got to learn to assimilate the Word in the, every area of your life, the truth of the Word. Let me give you some practical tips to assimilate God's Word into every area of your life. Here's tip one. You got to hear it. It's really key. You got to hear it. Romans 10 and verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Some of you wonder why your faith tank is low. I don't really believe the Bible. Because you're not hearing it. Effective meditation includes hearing the Word of God and not just reading it. We have to hear God's Word for our faith to grow, for our faith to elevate. And that's what you're doing today. You're hearing the Word of God so that you can assimilate it into every area of your life. And that's why at People's Church, we do a, 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 a balanced diet of series. I don't just preach on one thing every week. We do, we do a balanced diet because we want to try to hit as many areas of your life as possible so that you can assimilate the truth of God's Word into every area of your life. So we do series on relationships and, and series on, on Bible studies like we just finished James. We, we will do series on spiritual growth and series on finances and series on career and, and health. And, and we, we just do parenting. We'll do all these different kind of series throughout a year to help you apply God's Word, to help you assimilate the truth of God's Word into every area of your life. Listen, you have to prioritize church. You got to be hearing the Word of God. He said, well, of course, I expect you to say we got to prioritize church. You get paid to be here. Listen, long before I was a pastor, church has been a priority in my life. It's made such a difference to prioritize church. It's really amazing to me how many people don't prioritize church in their life. You know, sometimes I'll be in the hallway shaking hands, love, love shaking hands and loving on people, and, and somebody will say to me, they'll say, Pastor, oh, oh, that message changed my life today. I mean, I'm so glad I came today. And I'm thinking, you didn't have this on your schedule? You just, yeah, I just woke up and I thought, I'm going to go to church. I'm thinking, you know, of course, I don't ever say anything. I'm just thinking, really? Like, you didn't plan to be here today. You're just like, well, I guess I'll go today. I'm like, this has got to be on your calendar. You got to get this on your schedule. You got to be in church. It's got to be a problem. Listen, my, my, my life is, it, it revolves around God's house. I mean, I'm going to be in church long before I was a preacher. Man, I was in church when I'm not here preaching to you. I'm in church. I was on, in church on break. Matter of fact, I showed up to Hillsong, New York with my family. That's where we went one Sunday. And I hit, man, I hit it, the nail on the head. Pastor Brian Houston was there from Australia, the, the leader of all the churches. And he was there. I thought, that's right. Lord bless me. Amen. And he preached the word. I mean, we, we're going we're to be in church. I'm going to center my life around church. I, I, listen, my children, they, they love sports. They love athletics. They love to play sports. But we don't de determine the church schedule based on the sports schedule. We determine the sports schedule based upon the church schedule. Because I'm not going to raise children that are athletic and love sports more than they love the house of God. And what my children don't know at age 13 and age and 12 and age 11 and 9, what my children don't know yet is, listen, one day all of this is going to go south. Come on, somebody. I'm in my 40s now. Praise the Lord. It's going south on a brother. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I understand, listen, athletics won't help you in your marriage. Athletics is not going to help you 
raise children. Athletics not going to help you in your career. I'm not going to raise a bunch of children that are passionate about athletics and not the house of God because all this is going to go away. Come on, anybody know I'm in my 40s now. I pull a hamstring sleeping. <laughs> what happened last night? This goes away. But, man, you need the Word of God. You need the house of God. You got to build your life around it. You got to hear it. You got to hear it. I've been away too long. I'm about to preach the paint off the wall back there. Amen. I'll slow down a little bit. Got to hear it. Number two is you got to read it. Number two, you got to read it to assimilate it. You got to treat God's Word like a meal. And we never miss them. Come on, somebody. We eat. And I can't miss reading God's Word. Anybody beside your pastor get hangry? I didn't say hungry. I didn't say angry. I said hangry. Come on, hungry and angry at the same time. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm like when I don't read God's Word. I'm hangry. I got an attitude. I'm not kind. I'm impatient. But I, I got to have the Word. I really do. I got to have it in my life. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says this, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I want to encourage you, the first bread you should eat every day is God's Word. The first bread, the bread of life, the Word of God. Chew the Word. I taught you in January, the first 15, the first thing you do every morning, give God the first 15 minutes every morning. Five minutes of Bible reading, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of worship. Everybody has 15 minutes. Come on, before you do anything else, eat the bread of life. Watch how the Word comes alive in your life. Number three is this. I'm closing with this. Number three is this. Apply the principles of the Word. So we said assimilate the truths, but apply the principles of the Word. Meditation should lead to application. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. See, when you read the Bible, here's what I try to do. Sometimes I read a devotional with Scripture, and sometimes I'm reading through the books of the Bible and just reading, you know, a chapter a day or two or three chapters a day. I have different various styles of how I read throughout a year. But what I try to do every day is find one verse that God's speaking to me on, and I meditate on it and ask God, how can you what are you speaking to me? How can I apply this to my life today? I want to encourage you to do that. When, when you read, don't just read, just try to fly through it and say, well, I read the Bible today. But just spend time applying it. Meditate and say, how do I apply this to my life? Friends, we all face challenges and struggles in life. And what I want you to understand is whatever you're facing in life, there's a Bible verse for it. Find a Bible verse for what you're facing and apply it to that situation. Maybe you need to overcome a bad habit. Find a Bible verse like Romans 6 and verse 18. Now you are free from sin, your old master, and you have become slaves to your new master, righteousness. And apply and say, I'm not going to keep that habit. I'm a slave to righteousness. I'm a slave. And begin to apply that Bible verse to that bad habit. Maybe you're battling negative or impure thoughts. Find a Bible verse like 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so I'm beginning to apply that verse to your situation. Maybe you're battling fear or anxiety. Find a Bible verse like Isaiah 40 and ver- 41 and verse 10. So do not fear. 
for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Maybe you're looking for a job. Find a Bible verse like Revelations chapter 3 and verse 7. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Find a Bible verse and apply it to your situation. Maybe you need financial provision. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're single and you want to be married. Psalms chapter 21 and verse 2. You have granted him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Find a Bible verse and apply it to your situation. Maybe you're raising children. Look, Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. God, help me to raise my children with wisdom and stature and help me lead them to have favor with God and with people. Find a Bible verse and apply it to your situation. Maybe you need spiritual growth. You need to take a next step spiritually. Matthew 28 and verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hear me today. Some of you need to take a next step spiritually. James 1, don't be hearers of the word only. Don't be hearers of the word. Be, don't deceive yourself and just be a hearer. Be doers of the word of God. And for some of you, your next step to apply God's word is to be baptized in water. I can't wait for next Sunday. Next Sunday is our outdoor baptisms outside all of our campuses. I run off stage after the service and get out there so I can see people get baptized in water. Today, would you get signed up? The, the Bible will not come alive to you if you don't start doing it. you got to apply it. I want to encourage you as you walk out the doors today, go out those back doors and find the baptism table and sign up today to be baptized next week. And go public for Jesus next Sunday. Get water baptized. Go underneath the water and come out of the water showing you belong to Jesus and you're living your life for him. Take that next step. Verse 20 says, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And some of you need to take the next step and attend first step. The class started today. You can attend next week. Get there. Why, why pastor? So that you can obey everything he's commanded. We want to help teach you and grow you. And would you get there? The Word will not come alive to you if you don't start being a doer of the Word. Pastor, what's the big deal about the Bible? It's not relevant. It doesn't connect with culture today. I'm telling you, the book is alive.